Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And this is User-Friendly 2.0. I'm your host, Bill Sickens. Welcome to this week's show. Jeremy and Gretchen, welcome. Hello. Hi there. So this is our last new show of the year. Yay. Yep. Can't believe we're already there. We've got some actually great shows. We're not going to be absent the next two weeks, but we are doing some clip shows. We're going to be looking back at some of our highlights of the past year or two, some of the good interviews, different things like that. So definitely check it out. And then we're going to be back next year for our new season, which will be the fifth season of User-Friendly 2.0 and the 10th year of our show overall. Wow. That's freaky. Yeah. It's like a milestone <laughs> or something. Uh, it's not only a milestone, it's just uh, a little bit shocking in some ways when you look at it to think that... Uh, I- I'm surprised I'm still doing this, because yeah, I, mean, I didn't want to do it in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I know you didn't. You, I had to talk to you, and I remember that. Oh boy, do I remember that too. And it was just... Uh, and the thing of it is, is it wasn't that different for me. It, and, and you know, in those days, first of all, I had no experience at all. Yeah, you've, and, you've really improved. Oh, I, mean, I appreciate that. So have, so have you guys. I mean, we, you know, it's been 10 years, so we've all kind of come into the groove. But at that time, I was nervous. And we were live on our first one. You know, that went out live. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Yeah. I mean, there were only 10 people listening in, in like the <laughs> middle of Nevada in a tiny little town with a population of six. So, right, you right. know, that, that's see, where this was... is where you can manipulate statistics. 60% of the population of the city we were airing in listened to our show. That's yeah, true. I mean, wow. you know. <laughs> we, were, we were hot. Yeah. <laughs> we were something. That's because there was nothing but, uh, else to listen to. <laughs> but man, those days, and it's just, it's really cool to be here. We have got such a great audience, and the contributions and everything else. It's just been absolutely amazing. And then User Friendly 2.0, which was a reboot that we did a few years ago to bring more of the combination of technology and pop culture and live coverage and all that kind of stuff. And since then, we've gone through COVID and a number of other things. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun to be here. But yes, next year is our 10th year. We're going to be doing some cool stuff too. We're launching a new website. So check that out in January. Some of the other things we're going to do, we're actually going to be able to take calls mm-hmm. and questions and that type of a thing and be able to air. And we're still going to be recording before we air. We're not going out live, but we will have and we will post it online when this happens a time where we can take call-ins. And I encourage everybody to do this. This is something that uh, has been asked for. So we're going to hmm. see how this works out. I think it'll go well, but you never know. <laughs> Big question I go, who's been asking for this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, there, there you are. I think we're going we're gonna to find out. So this week we're covering a lot of stuff about this year or next year, tech trends that we talked about at the beginning of the year. We're going to see what actually came from that and what didn't. We're going to talk about what to look for next year. We're also going to be talking about this fusion announcement from the Department of Energy. It's uh, really kind of a cool thing. And, you know, on the pop culture end of it, the whole movie thing has been, let's say, a bit difficult. There have been movies that should have been a success at the box office that really kind of have a lukewarm reception. Yeah, and one of the things coming up next year is—is is it the end of really the end of movies in the movie theater, or is something going to have to change? Are people just streaming? You know, and right. some of the movies that came out this year were pretty good. We had a few superhero movies and those type of things that seemed to be well done, just not very well attended. But you know, one got asked the question: If you were a superhero, I think that job would be a real pain in some ways. 
I mean, there's a lot of glamour on it, but you got to think about, you have a secret identity probably. Mm -hmm. So you can't really talk to anybody about the cool stuff you do. And you're probably going to see things that aren't all that cool too, you know? Yeah. So you don't get to talk with a therapist or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) No, you bartender either. (laughs) You don't, or it seems like in these movies, when you do have something like that, that individual's usually insane in some way. Uh And, um, (laughs) you know, and then, and then on top of it, you know, going from there. So it's going to be interesting to see what they come up with. I know that we've got some new, a new Batman movie coming up in the next couple of years. And I've, been hearing rumors about a new Deadpool. So mm. there are some things like that. Cool. And, you know, kind of seeing where uh, where all of this ends up going. They canceled Batgirl. And I know they canceled the new Wonder Woman and yeah. a number of other ones like that. Just And a lot of this has to do, some of it's with storylines that the, the, not the theaters, but the uh, producers and the movie companies didn't like, the studios. But other things is just the Discovery plus and warner brothers merger and that's changing a whole bunch of stuff plus you know if you have a bad storyline like i'm still harping at the star wars stuff for the sequels if you have a bad storyline it can really really hurt the franchise Mm -hmm. yeah it can and it 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 causes all kinds of problems and disney's having trouble too now you know with all of that so and other things so it doesn't mean the acting or the artists were bad it means that the writer and possibly the director or producers mm-hmm. were bad by not fixing it. So well, that's true. And you know, the thing of it is, is you're absolutely right. You can have great actors, you can have a great idea, but if it's pulled off wrong and this time of year, it's always a good time to talk about. I know George Lucas's favorite version of that, which was the star Wars Christmas special. Yeah, I, <laughs> I saw it as a kid on TV, and I was wondering, what on earth am I seeing? <laughs> you know, the funny thing, when I saw that the first time, I didn't see it when I was young, but I saw it, oh, I don't know, 20 years ago now. I was a late teenager at the time. I thought it was some sort of a parody, like The Onion had done Star Wars or something. It was just, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm watching this going, what am I looking at? And I knew I was sober at the time, at least I think I was. I mean, jeez. I geez. wondering how Maud and Laughing. Got mixed in with Star Wars. Yeah, I'd, I'd wondered that too. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, at least we got Wookiee Life Day, which we're celebrating again coming up here uh, next weekend. Yes. And um, we got Boba Fett. I mean, you know, so there were some positive things that came out of it, but it was just like, you're going, what is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so and, and this can happen across board. Star Wars is a, is a great franchise overall. But um, a lot of the newer movies, you know, haven't been. But a lot of the series and some of the other spinoffs have really been worth watching. So it's just trying to find the good stuff and, you know, and figure it out. So we'll see what next year brings on that front and some new things on the radar and that kind of stuff. Do you want to hear about the news? Yeah. You know what? We probably should do that, right? Huh? Yeah. Last show of the year. Do we have news? Uh, If we have news, let's do it. What's in the news? C++ overtakes Java in language popularity index. You know, it's an interesting topic because it's with programming, these are programming languages, and with programming, you would think there's these new languages that have come out in recent years, things like Rust and other stuff that uh, you hear about. And we're still looking at a top 10 list that are very, very known mm-hmm. names. Python is number one. Hmm. And that's still, it's actually a very tight language. It's used for some board level programming and a number of other things. C and C++, uh, as the headline said, are above Java now. Now, that doesn't surprise me. Java has always been, at least to me, a very heavy language. So I could see where, you know, something else might be able to replace that. C Sharp comes in after that. The different versions of C are too much to go into right now, but they are three different things. 
with similar Good. syntax. Then we have Visual Basic, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, JavaScript, which that makes sense, SQL, which is a database language, then Assembly. Now, there's one we haven't heard about for a while or have, you know, it's still very much out there. And then rounding off the top 10 is PHP, which is the language I use. So I don't know what to say about that. It is kind of interesting to see how this hasn't changed a whole lot in 40 years. <laughs> mm, except for COBOL and Fortran. Yeah, those those have kind of, kind of <laughs> dropped off. But, yeah. uh, you know, anyway. All right. Scientists achieve nuclear fusion breakthrough with blast of 192 lasers. Yeah, this is cool. We're actually going to be doing this in our third segment today is talking about this in some depth, but it is kind of a big deal. It's the first step in the right direction to be able to finally get to a form of energy that doesn't have all of the bad radiation or carbon output or that type of a thing. And this is something we've talked about. You've seen it in sci-fi, but they've actually gotten it to a point now where it's viable. The announcement was made this last week, and it is really cool. And I'm not going to talk too much more about it right now because we are going to be diving into that in depth here in a little while. Apple to allow outside app stores in overhaul spurred by EU laws. Yeah, this is, so this has been a controversial thing for a while. If you mm-hmm. publish an app and Apple and Android and all that, the uh, app store takes a portion of what you make off of the app and they guard this because they make a lot of money off of it obviously yeah you take payments it has to go through their system all that kind of thing now android's been a little lighter on this you've been able to do what's called side loading which means installing apps that aren't from an app store for a while on android plus you have the play store uh which is the official one then you also have an amazon store and there's others but apple's kept this locked down and the eu has changed their laws saying this is anti-competitive you can't do this and you need to be able to allow others in this way. So they are starting to, to deal with that. And our other news item we wanted to cover today quickly is that the Air Force launches the first operational hypersonic missile. Now, I hear that this missile does arrive a little shorter than when it launches because of the speed of sound, but it works quite well. So, you know, it's kind of interesting to see that on the <laughs> weapons front mm-hmm. as, uh, as something that is out there that's new and see where that's going. So, you know, the technology kind of spurs and runs all of these things, and whether it's used for positive or negative reasons, it's definitely out there. It's exponentially growing, and it's definitely a part of our lives, and I don't think 2023 will be any different. We're going to talk about what happened this year when we get back from the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Well, being that this is our last live show of the year, we thought we would go ahead and take a look at the tech trends, at least as they were projected at the beginning of the year, and see what actually manifested from that. And then the other thing that we're going to do a little later in the show is talk about the same thing for next year. So let's start at the top of the list at the beginning of this year was 5G technology adoption. I would think that's happened. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, I, I don't even know what else to say about it. Well, pretty much everybody can have 5G phones now if they want them. I know that most providers have shut down the old 3G networks at this point or are in the process of doing it. Are people still trying to tear down the towers? Um, I haven't heard as much about that lately, but certainly yeah. the problem with that uh, was uh, definitely a very unique part of this this year. 
And I know that they're still having some problems around the airports and things like that. So there's bugs to be worked out, but it is there, it seems like. So, all right, so that one, all right, uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning. Now, we have seen this kind of come into its all. I don't know if I would agree that this was actually a 2022 thing, but we're definitely seeing this a lot more on common consumer websites for things like, I don't know, airline reservations, hotel bookings, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Does anybody have any comments on that? I, I mean, where do you think we're at with that? Well, we now have AIs that will call you and harass you instead of just a recording. So I guess that's better. Not really. I'm sure that's a positive <laughs> adoption no, of the technology. No, that's a negative. I think that's we're a destroying waste. artists' livelihoods with uh, that AI-generated artwork stuff. Yeah, and that's, you know, that is an issue that's come out of this, that even from AI standpoint, there should be a separation because you've got really two different, very different ways of creating artwork and to lump them together just doesn't even make sense, you know, at least to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, You know, it would would seem like that's something that's got to be put in there. All right, next one on the list. Oh, this is a fun one. Blockchain technology and a footnote of that, a cryptocurrency. Now, (laughs) yeah. Okay. That, I, uh, can we, we say, I, will, I told you so. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of feeling like that too. We've talked about this off and on and in a lot more detail <laughs> and what they're calling now crypto winter. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't know what else to say about this blockchain specifically. That does work and work quite well. But the whole NFT and crypto craze and all that stuff, I don't know if it's over. I don't know if it's going to completely go away. But we are certainly in a phase right now of bankruptcies, FTX being the most recent one, Coinbase, all of these other things. People have lost a lot of money. They billions of billions of dollars are gone. Yeah. And real yeah. money is spent on fake money, and the real money is gone. The, the fake money wasn't worth it. So crypto was originally designed for the purpose of like in-game purposes and microtransactions <laughs> and stuff like that. Perhaps we should use it for that purpose and not. Yeah, keep it in the game. Yeah. Well, it was a transfers thing. They were trying to bypass, you know, currency exchanges and be anonymous and stuff like that, which, yeah, I don't know how that was ever going to (laughs) work. Yeah, well, that was kind of the question we talked about all along. It was just, Mm -hmm. you know, this is, uh, it's virtual. So I guess this just goes to show, don't keep your crypto under your mattress. Okay, bad joke. (laughs) Um, (laughs) metaverse i don't know what to say about this at the beginning of the year this was looking like a much bigger deal it's not gone by any uh means but it just seems like something that people aren't really doing that much with anybody i have have a question you know because uh the whole um attack by the russians on the ukraine happened in february were a lot of the metaverse creativity and programmers located in ukraine now, there's a lot of talent. There still is a lot of talent in Ukraine, but the big investment on that was Meta or Facebook, as you know, most of us know them, in trying to deal with transitioning to that kind of a platform. And we all have the Quest 2 headset, which is kind of considered the primary go-to for Metaverse. But it seems like a lot of the work that's been done, the European Union just spent a lot of money doing some kind of a concert for kids on Metaverse. I, w- I want to say it was in the billions. It was certainly in the millions of euros spent. And apparently only six people showed up for this thing. So well, it, oh, even yeah. the you know, metaverse itself, there's only like 38 people and their employees and the employees don't want to work it. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It seems like whatever's going on, the technology is one thing, but the Ready Player One aspect of it just doesn't seem to be happening, at least not yet. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I think part of it, too, has been some technical issues. I know there's been several times I like to use my Quest 2 for playing Beat Saber and some of the games or some Star Wars yeah. stuff and yeah. that type of thing, which isn't really what they're talking about as Metaverse, but it's a use of it. But I've even had problems where it won't connect sometimes and getting it to boot up is a problem. And if it does work, it does weird things. And sometimes it does work, but it doesn't seem like it's dependable. I don't know. Crazy. So we'll see kind of, you know, kind of where that heads and that type of a thing. Collaborative technologies. Now, this is something coming out of COVID. This is your Zoom where you can work virtually, things like telehealth all of that kind of stuff. And this does seem to be here to stay, I think. Okay. I mean, it, it seems to work out. I've, I've gone to a, a couple of Zoom meetings, which that worked pretty well. And I had one telehealth meeting that actually worked out. I wasn't happy with the results, but that that's, I mean, obviously the, the online technology meetings seem to work pretty good. So if you're a person who can't easily drive to a location... I would think that would give them more access mm-hmm. to have a conversation with a health provider. Yeah. And I, I know one of my hats that I wear, which has been actually a pleasure to do is I'm the president of our local chamber of commerce. And we've started out because of COVID doing everything by virtual presence, virtual meetings, zoom and that type of a thing. And then as things have opened back up, we've kind of gone to a hybrid mode. Yeah. The one thing that I've noticed with that is it's really nice because People can attend the meetings that wouldn't otherwise be able to, but you can still go in person. Now, I do think there's a very good argument for the idea of having in-person meetings sometimes, but the hybrid model that uh, we seem to have coming out of this works and certainly gives more accessibility, like you just said, to people that wouldn't normally be able to participate because they couldn't physically be in a given location. And I'm an example of that. I Being a member of that chamber and certain things haven't happened and I were really would have loved to have attended in person. Right. But you're still able to, you know, be involved in yeah. that type of a thing. So, and then the other thing that was on the list is AI powered cybersecurity. I don't know that much has come out of that. Huh. Um, it was a buzzword at the beginning of the year. They were going to do all this stuff for cybersecurity that was going to be done through artificial intelligence. Huh. And as we are sitting here today, at least as a programmer, I'm not seeing this on my list of things to do to secure my clients. Well, maybe they just maybe it was something they talked about and just never got around to it. Oh, oh I, you know, it's like, we'll see. Maybe that'll come in the future. Bill, have you seen anything else that uh, you think that was projected and maybe did or didn't happen? Anything Elon Musk has talked about in the last decade, but you know. Well, you know, there's that. I like my not a flamethrower. I don't care what anybody says about Elon Musk. I like my not a flamethrower. And hey, you know, if that's technology that came out of it, that's kind of cool. It's just, you know, you got to have this. I even have a my not a fire extinguisher, except I think it actually is a fire extinguisher, but it painted to look like the not a flamethrower. So there you are. Except, you know, that's the thing. I could build a flamethrower in my garage. And I mean, technically, you can build an atomic weapon in your garage if you know what you're doing. But. I'm getting to that this point of Elon Musk, you know, he just constantly this is, is like, oh, I'll have this out next year. I'll have this out. Now, and on that on that note, I'm going to have to cut you off. We are, Bill, we are out of time for the segment and um, we'll be back after the break. This is User Friendly 2.0. Have you seen him? He's from the
Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Check us out online, userfriendlyshow.com. Next year, we're going to have a brand new website, and we'd love to get your feedback on it. One user-friendly on Facebook and Twitter is our social media. Feel free to submit anything. We've got a great new year ahead of us and a lot of stuff to talk about. But ending the year this year, we have a major announcement on nuclear fusion energy from the government. U.S. Department of Energy announced on Tuesday a monumental milestone, and it kind of is. So we've talked about fusion and fission before. So fission is where you break atoms apart. That's like a nuclear power plant. Fusion means that you're uh, binding atoms together. So the reason why this is a big deal is because that kind of energy does not create nuclear waste. It does not create a carbon footprint. So it's very clean energy. And it's the way that the sun works. So you're using that to go from hydrogen to helium. And obviously it works well because the sun seems to work properly, right? So yeah, I didn't there know you are. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely, absolutely it is. Now, here's the thing. They've been trying to do this for a while. And about 10 years ago, a lab, I believe, out of Utah seems to have achieved it. They're credible, but they weren't able to recreate it. So in science, that's not considered acceptable because you have to be able to recreate something to be able to understand it, you know, and, yeah, and see that it actually that. works. That was quite a few years ago. They were excited. They were excited, and it was a step down the right road, just one that they couldn't get back to. So fusion, what's going on here and why this is important is because until now it was possible to do. The problem is in order for it to be viable and usable for something, we need to get it to a point where it's able to create more energy than it uses to do the process. Well, yeah, it makes and sense. That, you know, that that totally makes sense. So, so far they've been able to achieve it, but the amount of energy used to get to that point exceeded what was being created. So it didn't have what they call a net benefit. Well, they've gotten past that milestone and they're tweaking a few things on it. They obviously want to get it better, but they've done what they've called the initiation process using a fusion laser initiator. I think I've heard that term on Star Trek. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, anytime you have 192 lasers as a thing, I, yep. I, I think you need to have a kind of, you know, it's got to have a really cool name. You know, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that totally makes sense. <laughs> so, you know, that's where we're going to head with that. But the thing of it is, now they're saying it's probably going to be about 10 years before this will be viable for things like power plants. I would suspect it's not going to be that long. Because now that we know that it works, I think there's going to be a focus on this and money put into it and definitely a way yeah. to start really being able to pick up and maybe well, think about it. The They're more energized problem. knowing that this is possible. So everybody's yeah. going to be excited. Yeah. Anybody with a lab that's capable of firing 192 lasers is going to get kicking on this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the whole thing. All of a sudden, it has a financial benefit. And we all know that definitely pushes things forward quite a bit. So. This being the case, if this could be brought into a reality sooner than later, I mean, it's a reality now because they've been able to do it. So there's a lot of other research and things that needs to be done to get it to where it's scalable and be able to be used to production. That's fine. But if we can get fusion power plants online and not have to work with the fission power plants, it will be a lot safer. Now, nuclear fission is actually reasonably safe. The big problem, of course, is, is you have radioactive waste, which is obviously bad. And then you also have things where you can have accidents. Japan with uh, Fukushima with the uh, tsunami that they had a while back caused a meltdown, but that was pretty safe. Or you might have idiots running your power plant, like what caused Chernobyl to meltdown, and the same idiots that seem to want to blow up other nuclear power plants in Ukraine. 
Yeah. These kind of things can cause a radiation disaster and cause a lot of damage, which you don't have that risk from this other method. So no nuclear waste, no carbon emissions. No, you don't have and to a lot store of energy. this horrible stuff either. Yeah, you, you don't know? have to store it. It's it's just, you know, and your output from it is helium, and we have a helium shortage anyway, so that's not going to be a bad thing. I don't think that you can actually recover it for that purpose. <laughs> but the point is, and hey, maybe eventually we can, but even for right now, that not being the case. You have a big balloon the, over the top of these places. Yeah, I would just say everybody in, the, <laughs> everybody in the lab would just talk funny for a while. But <laughs> I got ideas. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Kaboom. Yeah. So anyway, this has been done by the National Ignition Facility. And this is something that's been online for a while. This is, uh, they've had some breakthroughs, but this is the big one that everybody's been hoping for. So I think there's a lot of positive focus on this. And I think that it's something that if we can continue to move ahead and be able to harness this properly, which it looks like now we are on that path, So this, this is almost, could solve a lot of problems for it. I know if so my this smart is like home a system, holiday wish, you know, yeah, holiday much. wish. Yeah. Yep, yep. And it is. We're going to keep on top of this next year. This is user-friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Coming off our topic of fission and fusion there, which is a 2022 thing, even though it's at the end of the year, let's talk a little bit about the predictions and technology for next year, what we're going to see. And we'll have to revisit that at the end of the year like we just did to see if it ends up turning into a reality or not. So one of the things on this list that kind of stood out was the idea of edible nature. What? <laughs> so they define that as, as we live in a world where we can make changes to material plants and even humans by editing them. Nanotechnology Ooh. will enable us to create materials with completely new features, such as water resistance and self-healing capabilities. I that sounds you, like something pretty sci-fi. Bill, I thought you meant E-A-T, you know, as eat edible. Oh, eatable nature. No, this is edible, not eatable. Oh, okay. Edit. 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 Okay. Editable. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, okay, so if we're going to start making more genetically modified plants and stuff, as long as it doesn't hurt us, I think it's probably all right. I hate to say this. There was a movie I watched once called Gene Generation. I didn't like how that one ended. Oh, this is one of those things to me, too, that's like what could possibly go wrong. Sometimes I think it's better just leave it as it is. I mean, that's where we got high fructose corn syrup. I know. It's, which is evil. Uh, you know, so we'll, we'll see where that goes. I mean, there's some benefits to it. If you can solve some health problems and things like that, which is what they're talking about, DNA mutations, food allergies, and so on, um, that's great. But, you know, see where this can actually go in other directions that could be a difficulty. Progress in autonomous systems. So this is the idea of robotics being used for delivery and logistics, things that will work, self-driving cars. Uh, trucks, ships, delivery robots, all of that kind of stuff. They're saying that 2023 will be a year where we see this coming in. Now, 2022 was talked about as the year of the robot. It did not fail us on that. So taking this to a next step, do we think that we're going to see by the end of next year all of these type of things coming into fruition? Well, we have self-driving trucks. We have self-driving cars. But I've I never seen one. How, how, how many people have seen these? 
you know, like yeah, well, so, and total self-driving. We have systems that are driver augmented. Now, self-driving has been tested out. We've mm-hmm. seen news and stuff of that over the year, past year with things like cab drivers and whatnot. But it does seem like it's not completely ready for prime time yet. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, maybe we see that next year. I don't know. Now, the other end of it, I could definitely see this certainly in the idea of delivery and logistics, everything from going to a completely robotic delivery system in a warehouse to things like exoskeletons to help the humans lift and do some of those type of projects. I do see where that. Yeah, that that I think could easily happen uh, and improve and make, you know, work better. Yeah. So, you know, we. We've talked about Flippy, which is a automated chef, if you will, in fast food restaurants. Uh-huh. So things like that. Uh, now, Rosie the Robot from the Jetsons, I don't know if we're going to be there yet. But <laughs> hey, we, we have Roombas, and the Roombas are learning yeah, capable. But Ro- so, but a Roomba isn't as funny as Rosie. That's true. But that's where the AI could come in. True. Combine true. combine your, your well, Roomba Rosie with your house obviously thing. was an AI. Obviously. <laughs> But still. So the next thing they're talking about is more sustainable technology. And what this applies to is things like the manufacturing process of our devices, smartphones, tablets, computers, whatnot, and the ability to do that in a way that doesn't completely pollute the environment. So one of the things we have talked about in 2022 with new tech is the idea that things like an electric car don't emit carbon byproducts while you're driving them, but they still may consume that when you're generating the electricity. And the batteries don't have a way to really recycle them at scale. It's being researched, but it's not there yet. So a lot of that with their toxic chemicals like lithium are ending up in landfills. Same thing with solar technology. It's great while it works, but what do you do if you can't recycle the solar panel when its lifespan is spent? And some of the other things like Bitcoin, blockchain, um, online cloud services like Netflix that use data centers that consume vast amounts of energy. So what the idea here is that they're going to be looking at all of these things and creating a way to make it be more Earth-friendly. I would assume this would also go with the recycling of these devices and things, too, like your smartphone. And the question being here is when we're at a time right now where they're finding out that only 5% of the plastic we recycle is actually recycled, do you think we're going to actually achieve this? I mean, it'd be great if we did, but I guess what what are the chances of that in the next year? Yeah, we'll have to find out because that's not something I can. I'm gonna capable of predicting at this point because no, it just uh, I don't know. I want to be super pessimistic about it, but I don't want to say it. <laughs> Optimistically, yes. Yeah, there you go. Realistically, maybe California, but I don't think so. Yeah, and, and that's a big. California is one of the states that's having the big problems with the solar panels. Oh, and they're just ending up because they have a lifespan of ten to twenty years, depending on what it is. And they're coming off now and just literally being thrown in the dump. So you can't recycle the materials that were made? It's not that you can't. It's just it's not economically feasible to do it. Oh, okay. Oh, yay. And that's that's where the, the same thing with lithium batteries and the same thing with plastic, frankly. It's cheaper to produce new plastic than it is to recycle the old. So since the economics drive these things, and you, you know, know that's, so that's where they're talking about California is talking about a new plastic tax to try to make it more expensive to make new plastic than recycle old to reverse that. But those type of things are stopgap, you know, things in my opinion, I guess. And that, make, that makes it really frustrating for people like 
Jeremy and myself, because we go through a lot of effort to clean out our recyclables so that before we put them in the bin, so that when they do get sent off, they should be in good shape to be recycled. So right. it, are our efforts fruitless? Yeah. When I found out that if you have your recycles in a bag, they just throw them out automatically. That was not my best day with the recycling company either. Yeah. So, you know, it just uh, is uh, one of those things. Hopefully we'll, you know, be able to deal with that, but it's really hard to say. So these are some of the predictions of what we're looking at for the next year. There's other things in here too, things on metaverse and where robotics are going to become more human and stuff like that. So we'll see how this actually plays out. One, I think the last one that I saw in here that was kind of interesting is bridging the digital and physical world so that these things will align to be able to merge technology of being somewhere physically, somewhere virtually, and somehow making that work out together and seeing if that works. So we'll see what happens. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Well, that's it for this year. We're going to have some clip shows for you for the next couple of weeks, and then we've got some great new content coming up in 2023. And on that thread in this segment, we usually talk about television, movies, those type of things. And since we're kind of wrapping up the year, Jeremy and Gretchen, I'm going to put this one out to you. If you had to pick a favorite from this year, and I have a funny feeling this might be something Star Wars related, just (laughs) guess, what would it be? Uh, unfortunately for me, it's kind of a toss-up. I really enjoyed okay. the I really enjoyed the Mandalorian season two. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed Book of Boba Fett. I really enjoyed Andor Bad Batch. and Bad Batch. I mean, it. I mean, those are the things I really yeah. enjoyed. Those. And I, I think I would have liked Kenobi better if um, Darth Vader hadn't let the bad guy slip yeah. and leave because that was unbelievable. But the rest yeah. of it was really good. And um, so there were a lot of really good creative shows and, and Bad Batch, even though it's a cartoon, mm-hmm. was really good. There's nothing two. wrong with a cartoon if you do it. I, I like that D&D cartoon, the, uh, the one that came out earlier in the year oh, that was on uh, Amazon The Machina? Prime. Vox Machina, yeah. Vox yeah. Machina, thank you. I couldn't remember the name right off the top of my head. That was good, too. That's a cartoon. That was really good. So yeah, nothing, you know, nothing bad, nothing wrong with cartoons. It's just, you know, a matter of like anything else, are they produced well or not? Right, and it's and, I, I'm dealing with that 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 attitude that sometimes people give off that oh if it's a cartoon it's for little kids you know and it's like well no these cartoons are pretty sophisticated so yeah yeah <laughs> yep. and it's uh you know it's you know they're doing a, they're doing a good job on some of that and some cartoons not but you know it's just a thing now, I like the cyberpunk cartoon too it was very violent and that was the one thing about <laughs> it I know that a lot of people have taken away but I thought it was pretty well done if you understand the cyberpunk world you know it is pretty mm-hmm. accurate and it's certainly not what i would call uplifting um, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you don't want to watch that when you've had a bad day at work and need something to cheer you up yeah. that's certainly not the and you don't it, want to have your little kids watch it with you no but that being said <laughs> what was that was cartoon that we watched that had like a guy in a robot suit and i don't know it didn't make much sense and we gave up on it it, it, it looked like it was japanese oh oh that's awful. That's awful. I don't now he doesn't remember, it but um, uh, it was. Yeah. It started out good, and then it just got kind of bizarre and weird. Oh, Ultraman! 
Oh, Ultraman. Yeah, yeah I like okay. the beginning like, of it. I, and then it I remember the sense. 70s TV show. At the, you know, it was obviously a guy in a suit and rubber monsters and cardboard <laughs> buildings. But this is a cartoon that's like, you know, 20 years later. It was cool, but then it didn't make any sense. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I haven't heard of that one, but it sounds like well, maybe we didn't that's suggest why. it to yeah, you. There was yeah, a reason. It's a, yeah. <laughs> it's a strange <laughs> thing there. But in any event, all right. Well, Young you know, there Sheldon's you are, so. been good too. Yeah, yeah, the fifth, yeah. The, is it fifth season now? Maybe. Yeah, Kids get yeah. old. Yeah, that's Gosh. another one I do like, too, so yeah. check that out. All right, well, until next year, enjoy the clip shows. This is User-Friendly 2.0, keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User-Friendly 2.0, copyright 2014-2022. User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. All rights reserved. The views and opinions on this show are those of the host, and not necessarily those of the User-Friendly Media Group, Inc., or this station. Music licensed by BMI. Hosting provided by WeAreTechnology.com. Podcast available at userfriendlynation.com, theanswerportland.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.